Ciao ragazzi and welcome to another edition of Serie A Sit Down, World Football Index's podcast of Calcio, told like it is. I'm Frank Crivello and he's Richard Carmen. Ciao Richard. Ciao Frank. How are we doing this evening or this afternoon? What, what time is it? We're doing this a different a- time now. This afternoon, yeah, we got a special, uh, we're, we're on at a special time. Yeah. I've, I've got Juve jerseys in my background today. Hmm. Um, I, you know, what is going on with me? I mean, my walls are crying. Don't do this to, don't do this to me is what they said. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, I have to, because you know what? I I try to be a gracious host. Um, and, uh, we do have a guest, uh, this time around here. Uh, and let's bring him in uh, straight away. He is the host of Just Juve. Uh, he is Giuseppe Bonjani. He's earning his first cap with the Serie A sit-down. Ciao, Giuseppe, and welcome. Thank you for having me. Hello to everyone. Super, super happy to have uh, to be here, actually, because uh, a few days ago you were in my car because I was listening to uh, both of you. And, uh, and now I'm in the car of someone else, maybe. So I'm really happy. Thank you. <laughs> Hopefully they're not watching the video while they're in the car. You know, that'd be a little dangerous. I hope not. <laughs> slightly distracting. Slightly distracting. Uh, nice nice background. Uh, from um, um, Amhan's complimenting my background. So I appreciate it. You know, and, and, and you know, I, I'm... I'm very interested in in adding more, either whether it's jerseys or whether it's logos, you know, to the wall and, and making this a Serie I mean, for several weeks, and a lot of it was celebrating Milan beating Inter in the derby, just loading the wall with just about every Milan shirt I have. Uh, but now, you know, we've got you got Juve, we've got national team. Uh, we're gonna, you know, symbolic. We're just gonna put Milan in the background today uh, as we uh, talk uh, about Juventus, who have like there background like um, there. Yeah, background like there with Richard, Richard, Richard with the Locatelli jersey worn when uh, Locatelli scored on Juve. <laughs> you didn't get the memo, <laughs> so I got Pirlo. I got Pirlo on. Come on, you're gonna you're gonna make Giuseppe look at that, right? <laughs> so don't worry, my big I, head will I, I was I was polite enough to be neutral today. No shirt, <laughs> I just, just the chair, just the chair. We'll take some tips from you there. <laughs> Uh, so we're going to uh, we're going to be centered on Juventus. Uh, nine consecutive uh, Scudetti going for a tenth in a row. Uh, we're going to have a good Q and A with Giuseppe talking about them and uh, everything going around at the club. Uh, we will break down what happened with the Azzurri off to the semifinals of the Nations League uh, and finish it all off with everybody's uh, favorite contest. Uh, who won Calcio Twitter just continues to sweep the world, uh, <laughs> you know, in terms of attention and in terms of and, and you know, for a international break, we've got a decent collection of nominees this time. I mean, last time we were pretty we were pretty weak, but, uh, you know, we'll we'll but we'll get into that. So, yeah, yeah um, absolutely. But uh, let's dive in by uh, doing a little Q&A with uh, Giuseppe. And, and, and we want to start off with, uh, you know, something that you vehemently disagreed with Richard and I on, and that is the situation surrounding Juventus and Napoli, where Juventus have uh, been granted a 3-0 forfeit win. Everybody knows the story. Napoli went to appeal. The sporting judge not only held upheld the 3-0 win, but docked Napoli a point. Um, it's been a, this has been a very contentious um, topic, uh, you know, over the, over the last several weeks. Um, you know, the position we took has kind of been in line with 
everybody else in Syria. Yeah, like, what the hell is going on here? This is Napoli appears to be trying to do safety first. There's, you know, local government ordinances telling them not to travel. They have two that are positive. They might have had more. They don't want to try to risk infecting Juve. And, uh, you know, that's that seems to be the consensus. Why is why is Napoli being punished for this? But, you know, Giuseppe, floor's yours. Let's start with this very topic and give the Juventus point of view and perspective. And, you know, if, if we're wrong, we're wrong. And, and we've been wrong before. Uh, yeah, please tell us, why are I'm we not, wrong? I'm not wrong that often, but eh. when, I, when I am, I'll admit it. So... <laughs> Yeah, I, I, wa- I was right. listening to you guys and uh, I said, you are wrong. You are wrong. And uh, uh, But I will start re- quite easy uh, with a fundamental. Fundamental of mine. I'm not speaking in the name of all the Juventini. Today I'm speaking about Giuseppe. Giuseppe and what I believe it's true because I don't work for Juve, so I cannot guarantee anything. It's what I did in terms of research and so on. Uh, but my fundamental, my big principle is I want to play games. I don't want to win with a 3-0 on the table or thing like that. I, I don't care. You know, I prefer, especially because it was one game before the international break. So I really wanted to see the first beautiful big game of Juve versus Napoli. Mm-hmm. Uh, before going into international break and waiting two weeks to see the the, the team play, uh, going back on the field. So, and when you miss a game like that, it's a pity. A pity for football, for calcio, uh, for the reputation of all of us. Uh, and I'm speaking about Inter, Juve, Milan, for all the teams, because it, again, it's uh, calcio that is suffering of those kind of situations. It's yeah. a pity. Um, so, that being said. Speaking about the sportive part, I believe that Napoli at that time, even without the three players, because Insignia was injured, but then you had Zielinski and Elmas that were uh, tested positive. I believe they were in a good position to do a beautiful result in the home of Juve. That's what I really believe in a sportive kind of way. Why? Because they trained with Gattuso since more than a year now. They are used to him. Gattuso is a trainer with Grinta. Uh, they know what uh, to expect from the trainer and the trainer knows what to expect from them. Um, so I don't know because a game you never know. With Drew versus Crotone, for example. So you never know. Calcio is calcio. You don't know the result. Whatever players are playing. Uh, look at what happened uh, versus Lazio. Last second, you, you draw. So yeah. you don't know. But I believe that Napoli could have had a lot of chances to do a beautiful result, maybe winning in Torino. But if you speak really about what happened in terms of situation, there was there is one thing that is quite um, suspicious. Okay. And strange. It's the fact that uh, De Laurentiis um, texted and messages Agnelli before mm-hmm. traveling, before being actually uh, stopped by ASL, uh, texting him and asking him if they could postpone the game. Um, while Agnelli answered and he said it in front of the microphones of Sky, he said, I'm Juventus. I'm a third party in here. I can't postpone. I will be present on the field. Okay. Arrogant or not, I leave that. But those are the words. Then, uh, actually, why did all this happen? Because um, when you have cases that are positive, 
you have to create a bubble, a bubble of isolation where your players there. And Napoli didn't do that because you see pictures of Mertens going to a restaurant outside of his home. Uh, you see a lot of players out of home, posting pictures, social media. They were training all together. Uh, while you are not actually allowed to do that, because a few days before, they all went for one rule. That means that if you have 13 players available to play, you have to travel. You have to travel, you have to present yourself. If you have positive cases, you have to... Uh, isolate them you have to isolate them in a bubble if you have more you have to isolate all the team if napoli traveled that day and i want to say hello to colin for sure but if napoli traveled that day and they went to torino and they would have been proven that napoli had more contagious people than zielinski and elmas and that they had con uh, contaminated juve player napoli could have risked even the Serie B. And this is a big, big problem. <laughs> this is a big problem because uh, De Laurentiis knew about it, that the case could have been bigger than just losing one game or maybe having a minus one. Because if they travel without having taken care of the situation of creating a bubble of isolation of the players, and then Ronaldo, for example, he, he was tested positive because he went to Portugal, but... We don't know how it get uh, positive. Maybe it could have been due to a Napoli player, and that could have that could have have a lot and a big impact for Napoli more than just minus one point and and, and three and three points less. So what happened then? The day after, before leaving ASL, indeed they said you are not able to travel to, and then there was uh, a lot of miscommunication with Napoli never taking an official statement in the beginning. They just left it like that. Then there was like, okay, uh, no, it's uh, we were blocked. Then ASL said, no, it's not true. We didn't block you. you. We advise you not to travel. So there was even a miscommunication between Napoli and the local authorities. I believe that uh, that situation is annoying, but actually De Laurentiis is happy what happened because it could have have a bigger negative impact for Napoli if the thing was proven that it was a drama if they traveled to Torino. And that is that has never really been reported on the media. Uh, but the, the big proof, the big evidence is indeed the day before traveling and before the uh, local authorities ASL uh, story, before that, De Laurentiis was already talking with Agnelli to ask if the game could have been postponed. And I don't believe it's just because of Zielinski and Elmas. I don't believe it's that. I don't believe that Napoli was fearing because at the end, you know, they missed some players, but uh, it is what it is for all the players. So this is what I believe. Brings up some interesting points, Frank. And, uh, you know, we had talked about previously how about those texts between uh, De Laurentiis and, uh, and um, Agnali. So we did talk about that, but some interesting stuff that I didn't know about. Um, and, you know, to, to Giuseppe's point, uh, you know, the ASL, when they said that, you know, Napoli could not travel, uh, from what I read, it was just they couldn't travel on that Saturday. So, like, they could have had chances before to leave early, you know. Um, and, but the point I like that he made was that, you know, 
if they did play the game and people got sick, it could have been a bigger thing. Kind of like Atalanta Valencia in the Champions League. Yeah. You know, after the fact, they thought that maybe that was a reason that it got into Spain. Who knows? But uh, it's some interesting points, Frank. I'm curious how you, what your thoughts are. Yeah, I mean that's all that's all available. But I, I like what Giuseppe said right off the bat. He he wants he wants the game to be played and he wants to win. My son is a Juventino. I don't know where I went wrong there. Um, sorry, Giuseppe. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry guys and sorry you fans in the chat and he said the same thing he said daddy I don't want to win that way uh, so you know mm -hmm. so I, I appreciate I appreciate that uh, you know and I think that th could there be some yeah could there you know could there have been some stuff here that it's like hey Juve really doesn't have to do anything in this situation okay you know if, if there's if there's rules rules are rules right Okay, and if they and if they went by that and they they told that that's that's within their right to do. Okay, uh, just as much as it's within the right of the uh, opponent and then the rest of City to be outraged. I think the optics the optics of this across City um, is you know is amplified because it involves Juventus. You know, and I think it's a it's a deeper lying issue with the discontent that many city fans have for them. And when you're the best and when you're winning every year, everyone's going to do that. Okay. People are going to have, have more discontent for you. Um, you know, that's just, it's just the nature of things. I mean, professional sports here, college basketball, I hated Duke uh, with every ounce of my body, just because I'm also a Kentucky fan. And the day I got confirmed Catholic was the day that Leitner hit that winning shot uh to beat kentucky and go to the final four i mean it's things like that or you know and i hate the patriots because as a steeler fan i'm tired i was tired of watching tom brady beating us in the playoffs every year i mean it's just that's the same it's the same thing so when something happens that you know it seems like uh you know seems like shenanigans or seems like something stinks you know it's going to be very very easy for the non-juve fan in of city or in city i fan to go to the conspiracy theories and go and play that mm -hmm. card. So, um, you know, I, no, I, I, I appreciate the explanation and I appreciate hearing some things. Now I, I would have wished, I would have wished there to be some kind of a consensus to figure out where to play, where and when to play this game. Um, I, um, you know, that's, that's, that's where I fall on it. I'm not necessarily blaming Juve for taking the position that they have. I'm, I'm looking at it from the sporting perspective of, I wish they played the same because there's another thing that's getting factored in here. And I joked about this. And I think that this is where maybe Giuseppe, you took some exception to what I said. <laughs> I said, you know, where is, where, where is Juve going to figure out, um, when to reschedule this game with the fixture pileup that they have already, if they're going to try to go deep into champions league. And I kind of quipped and I said, well, when do they ever go deep into champions? Like just play it in May, <laughs> but um, I'm busting chops here. It's just seppy, but um, you know, so it, but I understand, I understand Agnelli's, you know, approach mm -hmm. and I, you know, and I, but I also, I also appreciate the, you know, I can also appreciate how this the, the casual city fan can fan can feel on this too. So, but actually, you know, uh, as a team as Juve, you could you could do nothing because it was quite clear saying, you know, we are third party in this yeah. because we are we are playing home, we are here. Then, if Serie A decide that we have to play again, we play again. Uh, so Juventus never said or Agnelli never said we don't want to play. 
Right. They say, we are here today. If we have to play again, we will have to play. We will never go into appeal because we don't have to. We are a third yeah. party affected by a decision between Napoli and the other thing. Then, for sure, if, and I believe Serie A, they needed to take a strong decision. Yeah. Because yeah. if you allow Napoli to postpone the game, Serie A or Calcio is, is, is crazy, dead. Because then Genoa would have complained. Yeah, where does it uh, stop? Parma, where, where does it stop? And when do you play? Like Juventus, the first the first game available to play was in January, uh, before Inter, uh, just right after a Champions League game. Then it started to be really tight. And actually, the team that has nothing to see with it, with the story, because it was involved without actually wanting to be involved, yeah. you are penalized. Yeah. But... Look, it is what it is. And as you said, uh, for me, I would have loved to play that game even if I had to lose because uh, that's the beauty, of, the beauty of football, winning or losing, but at least you play. I yeah. think that I think the reason why so many people and like you, like all of us, that want to watch wanted to watch that game is because there's so many unknowns with Juventus, so many unknowns with Napoli. You know, both teams look like they were you know world beaters, and who is really going to be the the better one? This is really their first challenges of the season, yeah. you know. So we really see who is really good, who is not. Uh, but you know, it is what it is. We'll they'll play at some point this season. We're going to have another big game this weekend with uh, Milan and Napoli. But um, you know, Juventus, I think uh, I, I I agree with you. Well, a lot of what you're saying, because, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff I didn't know about. But, you know, I think, you know, at least from when we were, we've been talking, I kind of said, like, you know, Juventus have been tied up because they've done what they're supposed to be doing, right? They follow protocol. It's really, you know, Serie A, we, we were mostly harping. Oh, I was mostly harping on Serie A, thinking Serie A is the one really should have been doing something more to be looking out for the safety of people. And then obviously, you know, we thought maybe you know, Napoli shouldn't have lost three points. But, I mean, it is what it is. And they all agreed to something before the season, like like we've said. So, it's it's hard. It's hard to say, you know, right? But hey, we appreciate to hear your your point of view because, uh, you know, we uh, we always see a, a broad perspective and to really mm -hmm. see what each side. We've had a Napoli fan on to talk about their side, so it's good to see the other perspective to see. Okay, what do we not hear from the Juventus side? What? But that doesn't mean that I'm right. Huh? Correct. Again, sure. I'm not yeah, working absolutely. for Juve. I'm not working for Lega. A. I'm just a supporter. I read. I try to read. And luckily, with the channel, I try to read as many papers and different opinions as possible. And, uh, and that's what I reported. What doesn't mean I write and pay attention. Sea uh, Power saying, you know, actually most football fans in Italy support Juve all over the country. This negative perspective on Juve is amplified by the media. Oh, really? The media amplifies negative perspectives? Did, really? I had no idea. <laughs> I, had no, I had no idea. No, I, I, I agree with you 100% uh, on, you know, on that. Yeah, Richard's got the bourbon out. I've got, uh, I've got a uh, local uh, IPA beer. Uh, so fat cow or whatever it's called. No, no, it's not the spotted <laughs> cow. This is uh lakefront brewery, um, lakefront IPA. So okay. I, ever since the, uh, ever since the pandemic, I've made it a point to buy my beer from local breweries. So in an well effort done. to, in an effort to support them. So well whenever, whenever possible, there's okay. the occasional Coors Light in my fridge because my father-in-law likes that. I promise you, I don't drink that. So sure, sure. when I want water, I'll drink Coors Light. <laughs> 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 uh, right on, right on. Cracking okay. for Mr. Bob. Cracking for Mr. Bob Lex. Bob, did you have a bad day? Um, <laughs> so it's, it's a it's a day that ends in day. Yep. Um, okay. Let's 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 get into on the pitch. Um, yes. Yes. All right. And uh, you, 
first impressions of Andrea Pirlo as manager, uh, a curious hire. Everybody's looking for that Pep Guardiola ever since, you know, that happened in the, you know, in the mid to late 2000s with Barcelona, um, you know, and it's very, very easy to try to connect that perception saying, okay, this is a guy that, that that's from the club, loves the club. You know, this is the, the appointment in the hopes that they're striking gold here. Uh, but your, uh, your initial impressions on, on what you've seen from Pirlo as manager and, um, you know, are you encouraged? Uh, do you want to see more? What, what is missing so far from him, uh, you know, in the relative infancy as a manager? You know, um, in a short story, in a nutshell, uh, Juventus was winning, is winning, mm -hmm. uh, but at a certain moment, Juventus had to do something more to have more uh, cash revenue. I speak about liquidities because at a certain moment in Serie A, you have a roof. How do you how do you grow when the the roof you you are there in the roof in Italy? It you have to go globally. Probably they went a bit too fast. They had the opportunity to take Ronaldo, and uh, that was a big opportunity because what better player as Ronaldo to go right. globally? They went like that, yep. but unfortunately, they had uh, a trainer that was Allegri, and I speak unfortunately not in results because results are there, proven facts, but I speak about entertainment. Because Ronaldo, you have... Uh, great things but you also have consequences the consequences is that you bring so many new uh, supporters and they expect immediately to see not only results but also beautiful game they don't care about uh, the story of Juve they want to be entertained it's a show with Allegri we know that we win but we don't entertain 1-0 it's the it's the favorite score of Allegri so that was actually the change. And then we took Sarri. I don't know if it's an A, B, C plan, but we took Sarri. Uh, unfortunately, problems with, uh, with the team, uh, relationship problems more than uh, vision or, or, or CV. So they had to stop because if the cultures are that different, you have to take a decision. And then they went for uh, actually uh, um, a, new, a, a new bet, a bet, but I trust Agnelli, uh, president. Why? Because he's the one that have chosen Conte out of himself uh, with a discussion in his house. And he went for Conte because Conte didn't have the experience he has today, for sure. He had just an Atalanta a few games in Serie A. For the rest, it was the experience in Serie B. But he was attracted by the vision, the motivation, um, and the values of Conte, the winning uh, values of Conte. And that's why he gave him a chance. Uh, Agnelli was also attracted by Agnelli, uh, by Allegri, sorry, because when they were out of an hotel with uh, Marotta and Nedved, at a certain moment, they saw uh, Allegri out of that hotel and Agnelli said, he will be our future coach. I don't know when, but after Conte, he will be the future coach. And that's how Allegri came. So, uh, Yes, Marotta have deal with him for sure, but the one that appointed him was already Agnelli. So I trust the president. The only one that he didn't choose was, in fact, Sarri, and we all know how it was. So I really believe, and also with my work in uh, values, vision, commitment, passion, more than experience. Because if you look at Sarri... Who has who has more experience than Sarri with all the CV that he has? He started from the bottom, he grew up. So I believe in those values. But if you speak about experience, Pirlo 
he had so many great coaches, Sacchi, Allegri, Conte, Ancelotti, if we speak about Milan, you know, so a, a player like that, you see, you leave the locker room. It's not like a Jose Mourinho that never played football and had to grow as a trainer, being an assistant at Barcelona because he never saw and he never left the locker room before. Pirlo, you know, more experience than that, you don't know. So I was quite optimistic about Pirlo. He has a vision, he has clear ideas, uh, and it's an it should be an entertaining football. So I'm really confident about Pirlo. The only thing that I'm scared of is how long yeah. can he pair the trying to be beautiful and winning without winning because at Juve you know that uh okay it's all fun and nice and we believe we will never sack a coach in the middle of the Serie A we will wait until the end of the season and I totally respect that but at the end of the season if you had no progress if you have won zero titles you are out you are, you can be Sarri, Pirlo, Lippi whoever you are if the commitment is 10 winning the 10th in a row and you you fail, then you are out. So I hope that Pirlo can unlock really fast his idea, um, because what I'm positive of is all the players today. They speak really positive about Pirlo. Yeah, yeah. They uh, all of them, eh? Danilo, Arthur, McKenny. Uh, they say he has charisma. He has ideas. Even Cristiano Ronaldo said, "Believe in the work we are doing because it will pay off." So I believe, but. The time is really limited, and we are lucky that Milan drew 2-2 versus Verona, uh, that the other teams are not at full power yet because Atalanta lost a few games, uh, Inter is not at uh, full speed. So at the end, we are only at minus four. We have time. It's 38 games. We have 31 to go. So I'm quite confident about the team spirit, about the positivity, but this alone is not sufficient. We saw a lot of that at the end of the season last year where Juventus were stumbling. They weren't winning every game. But unfortunately, for, or fortunately for them, everyone around them was doing the same thing. Nobody was progressing yeah. on them. And so they kept they, they were able to get the title. And so my biggest thing with Pirlo coming into the season, because a lot of people were saying, oh, they're going to win another title. And, and Frank was one of them. I, I my, Usually I would agree with that. But I, you know, with a new man in there, an unproven man, you know, as much as I love Pirlo, we don't know too much about him. And I thought it would take some time to get to – to where he needs to be for Juventus to be. And I think with the teams that are around him, um, they would be pulling away from him at the beginning before they get to where he wants them to be. And that's was my biggest fear. And that's why I had him at, at third place. But we've seen some some nice, I mean, his ideas, obviously everyone, like you said, they're talking great things about Pirlo. Um, what we know of him as a player is he's, he's fantastic, he's intelligent. Um, and so I have hopes. I've seen glimpses there. I've seen what he's done with some of the players. He brought in specific players for his style of play, like McKenny and Arthur. Um, and now even Marata we're seeing at the beginning, we were, we were down on him, but it looks like he's a freaking uh, a star. So um, yeah, it's just been a, uh, it's been a, it'll take some time, but like you said, how long is that leash? Are they going to pull it too soon where he's not going to get that chance? Like we, we seen with Milan with Inzaghi and Seedorf, or are they going to give him time? And then hopefully the Juventus stay close enough to the top where he gets that chance. You know you know what gives me confidence in a few words is that this year is for Juventus a year that will be impossible to repeat because you have the chance to win the 10th. Yeah. Never again you will be 
a team, or I speak about Juventus, will have the chance again to win a tenth in a row. And Agnelli, more than the Champions League, he wants that tenth in a row. If he didn't have trust enough in Pirlo, he would never have appointed him. Yeah. On the other side, who could have been the trainer of Juventus if it was not for Pirlo? Who was available to train Juve realistically? Zidane didn't want to move uh, from Real Madrid. Uh, Pep Guardiola is, is in his golden prison. Uh, who had the pedigree? Pochettino, but Pochettino with 12, 13 million uh, a season. He had also an average win of 46%. It's not a trainer that is it's a great trainer. I, absolutely, yes. But it for me, the the price is not matching his pedigree. It's too, too high. So who could have trained Juve? I don't know. Yeah. Um. Juve wins these titles two different ways. Um, they they have seasons where they buy Pjanic and Higuain in the same summer, and at that point, we all make the decision that this thing is already over. Yeah, uh, and we're weeks away from the season starting. Um, or they have seasons where they stumble, they drop points because of a lot of new players, uh, a new manager, a new identity. Um, and it takes time, but then they go on this run. I, for that reason, I picked Juve to win this title by anywhere from eight to 10 points, because I think that there are imperfect. Well, I think a lot of these teams are really good that are sitting at, at and around the top of the table. I think there are a lot of imperfections with all of them. It just so happens that those imperfections are showing up very early in the season. Um, so, you know, if, Juve are going to do this 10 in a row. Um, what is going to be the single biggest reason why? Why we would win the 10th this season? Mm -hmm. Biggest Single biggest reason for you why Juve is going to make this 10 in a row. I think they're going to do it. I think they're going to, I think, I think when we get to the, when we get to the business end of the season, I think they're going to walk this. They're going to, they're going to walk this thing by then. Um, and I'm saying this with my favorite team in first. Um, you know, I'm 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 keeping a reality, and I've said this in the past. I've said this on other podcasts. I said Milan's objective is still top four. It just so happened whether they do one, two, three, or four, top four is the objective. Yeah, Juve's objective is win the title. Um, I but but what's the single biggest thing that is going to carry Juve to a tenth title in a row? Because there is no other killer in the Serie A. Um, Otherwise, today we would have already teams with plus seven, plus eight uh, um, versus Juve. You know, if you look at the past of Juve, except of one season where uh, it was a drama, we were 15, 16 with so many points of difference. We were, uh, you know, 11th, I believe, at a certain moment after six, seven games. Yeah. Um, you know, even if we only won three games and four draws, we are still there with a lot of teams. And I believe now De Ligt is coming back. Yep. Uh, yep. Alexandro, I'm not saying that Alexandro... Is Ronaldo coming back this weekend? Game. What? Is Ronaldo coming back this weekend? Yeah, yeah, sure, 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 sure. Ronaldo is there, he's in top form. So you have all the players there. I believe that uh, uh, this is the reason why you will, Juventus will win the 10, because you still don't have uh, a team that really can go... Uh, 
38 game in a row. Um, look, Lazio, I was sure Lazio was out of the game. Why? Because mentally, what they had last year, where they had so many hopes and they were near to win, but after lockdown, when they really had to play uh, every three days, they couldn't. I believe that mentally they gave up. They gave no up. We had one chance and it's over. So I don't believe in Lazio anymore. Uh, Inter is a... You never know with Inter. You never know. Yeah. And I don't see the Conte that uh, uh, has the will and energy. Look, I was reading Gazzetta or Corriere dello Sport two days ago. They were saying uh, they will buy him now. Milik and uh, Paredes from PSG to make Conte happy. But I'm sorry, you know, oh, for sure it's media, huh? but yeah. uh, making Conte happy. No, I'm sorry. At a certain moment, Conte is happy enough with all the players he had, Young, Lukaku, uh, with all the Hakimi, all the players they vote for him. At a certain moment, he has to make Inter fans happy. You cannot only make Conte happy. And I think that can be a problem for Inter because they... Inter, uh, Conte and Marotta, they don't even speak to each other. Atalanta is a great team, but they can't be consistently on the three points. So I think that's the reason. Uh, so I, I think you brought up the last two teams you brought up are perfect examples because going into the season, those are my two quote unquote killers. I thought could have had done. I had Inter first and Atalanta second, Juve third because I thought. You know, Atalanta, they were killers last year, and I thought they were going to keep that momentum going. And this season, they've been far from it. Uh, Inter, they've just been a shit show. I'm sorry for the Interisti in the, in, the, in the chat, but they've been a shit show, and not what we've expected. You know, usually in Conte's second season, they are much better. Can we say that this season? No. They've been very inconsistent. They've been, you know, dropping points, like, you know, very unexpectedly. And those are the two teams I saw that had the potential to be the killers that you mentioned, and they're not doing it. Uh, Milan mm. is still too young, and like like Frank said, their Champions League is what they should be aiming for. So who else is there? Lazio, no. Roma, no. I mean, there's nobody else. So I mean, I can see. I agree with that. I can see that. You know who? And I said it before we start. For me, Napoli yeah. has a chance to yes. do a really beautiful thing. Yeah. I don't know if they will win uh, because big they test were... this weekend. Big test this weekend to see how good they are. Both but teams. Napoli play good, well, and they have the chance that they didn't have in the past is they have a trainer that if they are in a positive series, if they are winning, 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 he will keep them alert and he will not make the same mistake as Sarri did a few years ago when they were really near. I, I, I here's, here's why, here's also what I like about Juve. Now, you, you, you guys talked about Inter, not a lot. Inter in seven games have conceded 11 goals. Big, big problem when, you know, Conte's a manager of drive and hard work and determination. And a lot that has to go with that is that you have to defend and you don't concede goals. Um, it just, it hasn't resonated and it hasn't connected. And part of it is, is playing Alexander Kolarov as part of a back three <laughs> is a complete mess. I think they're going to finally come around to this and play Bastoni back there more, um, which could probably stop that bleeding. Um, Atalanta defensively are all over the place. They're going to, they, they have the talent to go out and score with anyone. Um, but defensively, they're just, they're, they're a mess. Uh, Romero has not worked totally worked out yet. Although he made a key tackle on uh, Lotaro the last time they played each other uh, against Inter. Um, uh, Napoli, the redeeming thing for them is that keeping Koulibaly, we all went into this saying Koulibaly's gone and their defense isn't going to be the same. Well, now they've got 
a re- some reasonable defending. They've got Ossiman who suddenly looks the part of the striker that they needed. Um, you know, so that they could they could get it done. Here's where I see Juve running away with this thing. And I'll name the names. Weston McKenney, Arthur, Rodrigo Bentoncourt further developing, Aaron Ramsey. Um, you know, that is a better collection of midfielders than they have had since 2015. And let's 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 be honest, they're not going to come close to what they had in 2015 with Andrea Pirlo, with with Vidal, with Pogba, with you know, you know, with that group. But this is by far a better collection. It's stable. It function. It, they functionally have a lot of things going. Where they have Grinta saw, too. Well, yeah, you saw who's that? We have Grinta with McKinney. Yeah, Grinti with Grinta. Yeah, where you know you saw a lot of Allegri's. You know, Allegri trying to live and die by the combination of Pjanic and Kadira. Uh, you know, for so many years, and it was just so easy to overrun. Hmm. Um, you know, so. I think that they, they, they can diffuse things. And then they, they, they can win so many different ways. They can go out and, and comfortably put three past somebody when you've got guys like Ronaldo, who at this stage in his career, he's not the take-on artist that he used to be, but he's prided himself on getting in positions and getting into dangerous positions to score goals. Um, it's almost like a basketball player that early in his career could – run at the hoop and dunk on everybody. And then later on his career, he learned how to shoot three pointers. Yeah. It's, it's it's just about the same thing. Um, you know, it's, it's Alvaro Morata who has exceeded my expectations. I didn't initially, I did not like Morata in this setup. I loved the idea of Kulishevsky and Ronaldo together, pulling everybody apart, but Morata has been a poacher and he has been in, he, he, he has been vital. I mean, they've got so many different ways they can beat you. So they can go out and score three comfortably past you, but they can also, because of the players that have been used to doing it for so many years, they could go and score a goal and say, that's good enough for us. Let's stay organized. Let's manage our way through it. And let's, we call them resourceful Juve when they do that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and that I, I expected that that's what they were going to do against Lazio. They did that Mm -hmm. against Lazio. They were unlucky to concede on the last kick of the game. So those are the two big reasons for me why, I think Juve have this and uh, you know, Bob on the chat says squad depth too. There's still the deepest squad in Serie A when it, when it's all said and done. So, I mean, they, they, they've got all of this going for it. Um, Let me ask you about, um, let me ask you about uh, the new players Um, and uh, you know, some of the new signings, you know, we've seen a lot of, we've, we've seen Weston McKinney be in an engine room. Um, We've seen, um, you know, we've seen Arthur starting to fit in a little bit. Kuliszewski having a role. Who's who out of the new players and Morata, obviously let's set Morata aside. He's scoring a ton of goals. He's exceeding my expectations. He's exceeding a lot of people's expectations with what he'd be. But aside from Morata, give me a, a, a new player that has, surprised you so far uh that you said eh, i don't know about him but but uh he's he's been a pleasant surprise well um to be honest i i was a bit like you uh, i was not a big fan of the return of morata because uh emotionally yes but right. i always try to divide emotions by uh facts i was not sure uh that morata would have been the player he's now now pay attention with morata because morata is a player that is mentally weak suddenly he can switch off 
And at today, he never really played with Ronaldo. He played a few games, mm-hmm. but he was actually in the spotlight. And luckily for him, he started amazingly well. He's in a golden period. As long as he's doing that, he will perform and he will bang goal. If he's not able to score for two, three goals and he's uh, uh, doing like two, three underperforming performances, I don't know how how he will react. Is he strong enough to overcome that moment? That's my biggest fear with Morata. And I hope I will not have any proof of it. Uh, But that's my biggest fear. Uh, who I am really um, surprised with is uh, uh, for sure McKenny because mm. none of us knew him. None of us. Uh, you guys probably, yeah, yes. And l- luckily yeah. Pirlo played in MLS and he knew the player because it's really a request of Pirlo uh, McKenny because he knew him from MLS. He already knew the player uh, and he, he had a request for him. Now I went to see the stats of McKenny. Matuidi and uh, the one of uh, Thomas Party, uh, and actually, if you look at stats, and I'm not speaking only about possession and the goals and so on, but really on defensive or uh, pressure stats and so on, you see that actually Thomas Party, who was a lot more expensive and also older, and you look at Schalke Nulfir last year, McKenny, they have more or less the same stats, but yeah. Juventus was able to take a player on loan for three million without any risk known by the trainer uh so and it, the first press conference of piro and that's why i'm super happy is he said i want our player to love having the ball but i want also them to love taking the ball back so yep. big mm-hmm. pressure and that's the definition of mckenny mm-hmm. so it's really yep. a player that was for him my biggest fear is arthur because I was a big sponsor of Arthur. He has talent, but he was not chosen by Pierlo. He's keeping the ball too much. Uh, speaking about the vision and the play of Pierlo, and Pierlo really wants him to uh, to play vertical, to play to play fast. So I was really happy now when he was in Brazil that he was speaking about Pierlo in a real positive way, saying that he has so many things to learn learn for him. So hopefully that can unlock. But it was not the choice of Pirlo. So hopefully it can work. Yeah, one of the few players that uh, I knew about that not many people knew about was Weston McKinney because uh, I like watching Schalke, I knew Fear, and uh, yeah, I knew, I knew him for a long time. So um, I actually met his mother. So anyway, that's not the point. Um, he, he, I knew what kind of player he was going to bring. I, we did a video on, 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 the, on our YouTube page about, um, about McKinney and what he could bring to Juventus. And it looks like it's starting to show. I mean, obviously there's the unknown. He's never played for a club the size of Juventus, right? Uh, mm. This is a big-time a big time team that's you know, challenging for the title every year. He hasn't been with that. So how would he react? Would he be do well coming off the bench? And he's actually done really well, and I, and I, I like what he brings to Juventus. Um, I was excited to see Kulishevsky for sure because, you know, we knew what he did last year at Parma uh, and, and the potential he had in the first game, you know, with, with uh, yeah. Ronaldo at his side. I mean, we're like, okay, this could be amazing for the season. And this is kind of why Frank and I were down on Morata because we're like, what we saw from Ronaldo and Kulishevsky, that's brilliant. That's how you were going to get goals this year. And so when you know Marata came into the fold, we're like, "What is this?" But obviously, that's working. Pirlo knows what he's doing, um, and, and you know it's interesting the way he tinkers the team, and not just the new players, but just the way he's moving things around. Frabota, you know, bringing him in, putting different positions, and putting players in the position to win. 
Um, he's done some things that you're like, okay, wow, this could really work. And eh, he needs some work to do. But uh, some of these players he's picked up, I think, have pretty much all fit nicely. I, I mean, uh, yeah, is there I mean, any player in particular that you think is not doing well, the new guys at least? Uh, ben, for me, Bentancur is having a uh, a bad season, except of the last game where he played well. And Bentancur is one of my favorites ones. Huh? Yeah. I was really hoping that this season was the Bentancur season. I was thinking about the new way of playing this season, and I saw uh, Bentancur taking over the role of Pjanic. Yep. Now, Pirlo changed everything. He's, he's grabbed the role of Pjanic so he had also some difficulties playing with two men in uh, in the middle um, because now we play with a third offensive midfielder when in the past you had you know a real regista so that role doesn't exist I was hoping him I'm a bit uh, uh, disappointed in Bentancur at the moment and then I saw it also uh, Adam was saying when are we speaking about how bad Dybala is uh, playing uh, just if if you give me one second I want to answer uh, a comment of Adam or Adam um, because he asked me how can you call yourself a real Juve fan if you don't call Inter merda uh, for me uh you know, because I saw that a lot of time, and I hear that merda thing so many on on so many podcasts, and I respect everyone can call a team how they want. For me, Inter define themselves. They don't need that that other <laughs> word. Inter is enough. So uh, why they don't, adding, they, they, they don't need the merda endorsement from you. They don't need. They don't need. It's implied. It's implied. So why? So it's, that, it's, that's why. Adam, uh, Adam, it's assumed. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Dybala, yeah, go, go, go on and I will, I, I will jump when you ask me the questions. <laughs> go ahead. Um, let's, let's talk about Paulo Dybala. Um, I'm going to give a hot take here. I mean, I think with, with, you know, Ronaldo can still play and he's still got some legs left him left in him here. You, you bring in Kulishevsky, you have Morata, you bring in Federico Chiesa, you know, I'm going to offer the hot take that. That Dybala's value is gonna just continue to drop, um, and I, you know, kind of agree with Adam's point here to an extent. It almost feels like that someone is gonna have, you know, if he goes, he's gonna go for a bargain because someone's gonna look at at Juve and they're gonna have the power and they're gonna have the leverage to say, "I want Dybala, but I'm not spending what you think he's worth. You've got all these other guys and you don't use him." Yeah. Um, you know, so talk about Dybala. Why has – because he was very instrumental in them getting to the Champions League final uh, three years ago. Um, and all of a sudden, there's you – know, the arrival of Ronaldo's had quite a bit to do with this, but all of a sudden this drop-off or this perceived drop-off with him, he's, he's you know, he's sur- he seems to be surplus to requirements for Pirlo. Um how, what what do you attribute this to? Well, uh, I, so, some people hate me because I try to be objective on uh, on Dybala and not not since this season. Um, but again, dividing emotional part of objective. Emotionally, I have spent two uh, two shirts with the name of Dybala, hundred forty euro for both. So. If you spend that money, it means that you love the player. So emotionally, I love Dybala. And I hope, 
but everyone. I hope that all the players that we have in the team, even Kedira and Bernardeschi, that tomorrow they come back and they score hat-tricks every game. That's, you know, every fan of every club, you know, uh, want their player to perform because then everyone is happy. Uh, but the problem with uh, Dybala is he's... Um, he. I define it, he's a seconda punta, a second striker mm-hmm. in a world of 4 3 3. That's how I define him since really long. It's not new. He had problems with uh, Allegri, he had problems with Sarri, he has problems with Pirlo now, uh, let alone the physical form. I'm speaking really about tactical uh, placement on the field. If you play him as a uh, right in a 4 3 3 on the right, he loves to be free and he will go wherever he wants and will, yeah. he will start stepping on the feet, feet of everyone. If you play him behind the strikers, because I, lo- I saw a lot of people saying, yes, playing as a CAM uh, behind Morata and Ronaldo. But the problem is that what Pirlo is expecting from that position, like Kulusevski or Ramsey, is to come back and be physical strong enough to give defensive support and be the guy who will be the first one to press. And he ain't doing that. Dybala can't. He can't. He's not strong He's enough not to do strong it. Enough. So, and that's one of the problems also he had in the past with Pjanic. Pjanic is normally, when you see him at Roma, an offensive uh, midfielder. And with Dybala playing in that hybrid position, having all that free space, there, he was stepping on the feet of Pjanic, and Pjanic was not able to come. Then Dybala, if you look at last season, last season he was MVP of the season, but it's because humanity, people, they tend to think about the last three months. They don't evaluate a whole season, because if you look... He only scored 11 goals. In the beginning of the season, Dybala was on the bench because he was about to be sold to Tottenham, Manchester United and whatever. But Dybala was on the bench in the beginning of the season. He was not happy. He lost his uh, vice-captain armband because Bonici came back. So, you know, I love Dybala. Immense player, big talent, big potential. But tactically, he is a problem. And more than tactically, it's also mental. Dybala is not a strong player. And I give you one example and then I leave you the word because I'm talking too much. But the game versus Spezia, we are doing 1-1. Dybala is playing. He's playing really bad. And he's looking at the ground all the time. (laughs) And then you have Ronaldo, who is... He can't wait to play that game. You look at his eyes. He wants to win. He wants to enter. He enters. We are winning 2-1. 63rd minute. He is in the defense because there is a corner kick. And he's motivating all the team in a defensive phase. He's saying to the guys, guys, be alert. We have to win. We can't concede a goal. He's a leader. And that's the difference. That's what we are waiting of Dybala. I can accept 10 games of low-performing Dybala. No problem with that because you have to support the team. But what I want to see, especially for someone who is asking for 7.5 million to win 15 million a year, I want at least that fighting spirit fino alla fine. And that's what I miss. Sure. Yeah, uh, you know, I think... Uh... Oh, I agree with that hundred uh, percent. But there, there are some things I'm going to disagree with you. And but the one thing I'm going to say that for sure I agree with you on is that that mentality that he does not have. And we've seen it where at home he's been brilliant for Juventus in the past. Then he goes on the road or a big game and he's just gone. He's not there. Yeah. Um, I I thought though 
pre-Ronaldo, he was coming into his own. He was actually be playing really well under Allegri. As soon as Ronaldo came there, he became second fiddle. And then really the mentality really starts showing how poor mm -hmm. he was. Um, and even now, we thought going into the season, you mentioned how you know you thought Benton Coral really could have taken the next step and really took over this team. We, or at least I thought, you know, Dybala could have done this, you know, you know, pulling the strings with Ronaldo there and feeding guys. And he hasn't done that. And like you said, it's tactically a little thing. He can't adjust to the formations that, you know, the managers are throwing at him and specifically Pirlo in this case. So it's it's an odd case. And I wonder, is it really he in that bad of a shape, that bad form, or is it just the tactics don't match up? And sometimes we've seen where players and the tactics do not line up at all. They go somewhere else to a formation that suits them and then they play fantastic. So which is it? Or is it a little bit of both? Hmm. But even Zamparini said that. Uh, uh, it should go to Real Madrid or to La Liga, where you have a lot more spaces. Yeah. I think Derry will be an amazing player. And even if in, even if in Serie A, because when he played, you know, when Ale when he played with Allegri in a three-five-two uh, in the beginning, when he was yeah. playing with Mandzukic, yep, twenty-two goals in Serie A, amazing, yeah. amazing. Yeah. But uh, again, I was reading also Adam uh, his comment. Uh, you know, I'm not a fanboy because today it's fanboy of Ronaldo, fanboy of Dybala. I'm a fanboy of Juventus, of my mm -hmm. club. And, you know, all the players, they come, they go, but at the end, the club remains. And yep. I try to be objective. I don't like to insult players. I'm not a, f a fan of hashtag out things. I don't like those kind of things because you have to support. But And I mm -hmm. will support Dybala until he's there. Because I want him to come back to smile. I want smiling people, but that that doesn't mean I can't be objective. Yeah, it's almost like he's pressing because Ronaldo's there, and he's pressing because he's now gone from you know there was a time where he was the man. And well, him and Pjanic were the free kick takers, and then Ronaldo right. came in. They hit this, take a step back, and they suffered right. dearly. Right, and you know, and now. His ever since Ronaldo arrived, other players have arrived. The opportunities are much more limited, and you know when he does get his opportunities, he's he's pressing a lot more. And when it doesn't go well, yeah, you, to your point, he's hanging his head, and you know, and things like that. That's that's a very good take. Um, last question I have, um, Agnelli, and because uh, you're 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 an Agnelli fan, as you said at the very beginning of this. You know, and and um, I, uh, I've, I've said some horrible things about him in the past. I'm not going to repeat them right now. But, um, <clears throat> but this fascination with a European Super League. Mm -hmm. um, what are your thoughts on it as a Juve supporter? Are you more traditional that you want to see the Italian game thrive? And how can there be a, I guess my question, and I'll ask the hard question here, how can there be a European Super League without the Italian game suffering? No, if you do a Super League, you kill you kill Serie A, you kill La Liga, you kill uh, uh, Ligue 1, and, uh, and, and all, you kill them. Yeah. That's a fact. And that would be a real pity because, you know, I'm also nearly no i'm 39 still in the in my 30s but uh you know i grew up with calcio with uh, uh novantesimo minuto and, and seeing all those teams so uh romantic and nostalgia um i would be i would be sad 
Now, at a yeah. certain moment, uh, it's difficult as a Juve fan, and I'm speaking as a Juve fan, uh, the perception you have is that, for sure, and it's a reality, you have the, bi- the biggest fan base in Italy, it's Juve fan, but the biggest fa- uh, the biggest fan base is also anti-Juve. You know, you are not uh, Chievo that some like or not. No, you are Juve, you're, or you love it, or you hate it. And when yeah. you are always attacked day in, day out, day in, day out, right or wrong, huh? because Juventus is not holy, and yeah? they made their mistakes, yeah. and sometimes they are, uh, you know... Uh, uh, they, they, you know, sometimes you can say, okay, it's, it's Juve... Uh, but when you're attacked day in, day out, and you'll see at Napoli and all the drama, and then it was with Lazio again, because all that drama again, and you see it over all the years at a certain moment, I can understand that uh, you want to go to the to the Super League. Uh, for sure, I'm a, I'm a supporter, and also Milan and Inter, because probably those will be the three first one from Italy to join a Super League if it would be created. Yeah. We are happy, fifty percent. We are happy because our team will go to the Super League. But then, if you look at Bologna, Sampdoria, Roma, Napoli, it's sad. It's sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I'm in favor of uh, of Super League. I'm in favor of it uh, because. Yeah, it's it's hard. Serie A is hard living and 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 seeing all the attacks on Juve. Sometimes you just want to say we we stop it and we go on Super League, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I yeah. can I you know what I can I can Richard I can honestly appreciate Giuseppe coming on here and saying that as a Juve fan because you know yeah. and, and and you know I've piled on Juve myself. Uh, you know, through the years. And, uh, you know, I mean, when, and, and it's, again, I'm going to go back to what I said very much earlier. When you're on top, it, you, everybody hates you. Okay. Sure. The other 19 clubs in this league absolutely hate your guts. I don't hate Juventus. Um, I respect them. Um, you know, but at this, you know, at the same time, as a Juve fan, when you have to deal with that, I can see, I can certainly appreciate that sentiment that's saying, you know what? Fuck this. Let's just do a Euro league. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, let's leave these guys in the dust. Let's, 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 yeah. you know, let's show them how important we really are to them uh, yeah. by leaving them behind and figuring out how they're going to, how they're going to generate their revenues. Cause I mean, another point, I mean, when you do have fans, you know, when you do have fans, when you go to the Marassi in Genoa, and at Genoa hosting Juve, it's pa- it's packed because Juve's there, yeah. all right? Or if you go to uh, Parma, it's packed because Juve's there, all right? Sassuolo, it's packed because Juve's there. It's not going to be 12,000 fans or whatever. It's going to be double that. Look, look at right? the prices uh, the, uh, when the first year of Ronaldo, the prices in every away stadium were sky high the day of Juve, uh, when Juve was there. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, but you know, it's, it's political. Eh? Uh, Agnelli doesn't care of uh, being hated or love. It's political. Right. And, uh, you know, uh, not so long time ago, I think one month or six weeks ago, he was at Casa Milan uh, with representative of Inter Milan and himself. They are speaking about it. They are saying, you know, look, uh, if we want to survive in this crazy world, uh, we have to go big. 
and he is planning for it since years. Huh? It it has never been a secret. Huh? Yeah. He's a businessman. I'm not going to fault him for having that vision. Not at all. Yeah. Well, my last question is, you know, we just talked about leaving people in the dust. Uh, and a player, a very polarizing player for Juventus uh, is uh, Bernadeschi, right? When he plays with Juventus, he's not so great. When he plays with the Azzurri, he looks like a very special player. How do you take that as a, as a Juventus fan? You know, because we've seen this before with other players like Rivaldo and some other players from other different countries. Uh, Miroslav Klose is another example too, right? He's been stellar with the, with the Mannschaft, and then he joins whatever club team. And he doesn't do that great. So uh, I'm not saying Bernadeschi is at that level where he's super with uh, Zuri, but he's he's really good. We've seen with the last couple of games, he's been, makes an impact. How does that make you feel as a Juventus fan, seeing a player who looks has all this talent that you really have high hopes for, just not? living up to the hype with the, with your team i look look like immobile immobile belotti amazing players with their club they go to the azzurri and they fail so uh, bernardeschi has the 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 opposite, opposite. Yeah. you know he goes to azzurri it's there but it's it's again mentally it's mentally uh it's a mental thing where he doesn't feel the trust at juventus <laughs> And without, uh, yeah, Colin is learning Italian, so uh, <laughs> he's love to to, uh, to to show the Italian words. But uh, no, uh, Bernardeschi, it's a confidence thing. He doesn't feel, uh, you know, um, there was a player at uh, at Juve. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was a uh, uh, Pereira. He came from Udinese. He played at Juve. He was not really good uh, yep. at Juve. And then he went in Premier League. Mm -hmm. A few years later, he was really honest because he's a talented player, really talented player. And then he said, like, I was not strong enough mentally for Juve. And he mm -hmm. admitted it. And I believe that's the problem with uh, with Bernardeschi. He, he, didn't felt, he didn't feel the trust at a certain moment. And it's really hard because he knows when he enter, he knows that uh, he will be judged. And every game is worse and worse and worse. But the guy, he has talent, but he doesn't feel the confidence. And I believe, but that's my own gossip thing, guys. Uh, I, I was in Valencia, uh, the first game of Champions League of Ronaldo with Juve when he had the red card. So I paid so many money in Valencia to see the first game of Ronaldo with you in Champions League. <laughs> and you remember it was the day he took the hair off of someone. Yep, yeah, I, 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 I wondered if maybe because he's so into his hair that he was fascinated by his product. <laughs> and it's like, what are you putting in this, man? Oh my God. <laughs> I, 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 was there, I was shocked. But at that moment, <laughs> you see a Bernardeschi that goes to him and say, you are the best, you know, in Italian, I say il migliore, blah, 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 defending him. And you really saw that connection, that love he had for Ronaldo. I think something happened between both of them because they don't even talk to each other. You never see pictures with them again and so on. While Bernardeschi gave him for his birthday a big exaggerated frame uh, the first year. So I, I think something happened there where uh, we will never know. But hmm. that he he lost that connection or that love for Ronaldo, that partnership, and he feels a bit isolated. Can happen, huh? Can happen. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yep. Wow. Gossip, guys. Yeah. I mean, excellent stuff. Uh, excellent stuff, and a great conversation about the old lady of Italian football. Uh, you know, I mean, I still 
uh, deep into this thing this season through the first seven games and uh, going to be uh, going to be a team that uh, is going to be very difficult for for many to beat as as these new players all start connecting uh, as Pirlo's plans come to effect. I, I, uh, I mean, all of this is why I think they're going to win this title running away. Uh, so, um, you know, and, uh, you know, appreciate getting, we you know, getting a, getting a, getting the Juve perspective, Giuseppe, it was, uh, was very well done. Again, again, I, I think it's really important. I repeat it every time. This is what I think as a Juve fan, but you know, there is the other Juve party that totally doesn't agree with me, that probably doesn't like me because I have other opinions. I'm a bit more corporate and I try to see the positive. Then there are a lot of people that are Juve fans equally to me. They are not better or worse, but they are saying that uh, Agnelli sucks and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, every team has it. Every team has it. <laughs> it is what it is. Don't worry. I got, I got lots of Juve fans that don't like me. So it's yeah, Milanese don't like us. <laughs> we got Milan, yeah. We got, we got Milanese that don't like us. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's what it is. It's good with the bad. Uh, all right. Well, let's jump in and talk about Italy's fortunes in uh, the Nations League. And uh, we'll start with that game against Poland, Richard. Yeah. Uh, so it's an interesting game, uh, a big game for the Azzurri. Uh, you know, a lot is on the line for these two games, really, that they're playing with. But, uh, uh, you know, the, the game, the lineup for, for the Azzurri in this one, uh, Donnarumma, obviously, in goal. They went with a back four of Florenzi, Acerbi, Bastoni, and Emerson. Uh, midfield of Barella, Jorginho, and Locatelli, Noverati in this one. Uh, and then a front three of Bernadeschi, Belotti, and Insigne. Uh, and I'm not going to necessarily read the, the lineups for Poland. But, uh, you know, the main the main things from this one, in the uh, 27th minute, there was a penalty. Uh <laughs> Penalty or not, uh, you know, Belotti goes down in the box. Uh, say what you will with, with the call, but Jorginho steps up, gets the goal in the 27th minute. Oh, Benaric uh, thought he was playing American football. He did. He did. It wasn't was the great, greatest play that by was the a defender. great American football tackle of uh, Belotti. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. You would get a job with the NFL there. So, uh, yeah. uh, so then uh, and the Sassuolo man, uh, we, were, we have one in the starting lineup, obviously, with, uh, with um, Locatelli, but uh, Domenico Barardi, he would jump in in the 83rd minute, get a goal. The, the, the really, the, the, there's like a 10 minute span there where um, we had a goal. We thought we had a goal from Insigne and it was taken back. And uh, but they, you know, the Azuri would come back, get a goal. They win two nothing against uh, Poland. Um, big points for them, and they, they needed to win. I mean, they should have won that game. They did, uh, but it's nice for them. Good confidence builder. Um, you know, we saw in that game. You know, um, what's the name? Um, Balotti getting a start, and we've seen the trend, you know, we, and we, Giuseppe, you mentioned it, how uh, Immobile and Belotti really have not shined with the national team, and especially Immobile. Uh, Belotti, he, we, you know, we think he's the best, he's the more well-rounded player of the two. Uh, he can really fit in different formations, but he's he's been the guy that's been chosen more by Mancini over uh, Immobile, and we, so he's starting to get more confidence this game, and even though he didn't get any goals in this one, he was, he was certainly around... Um, what is your what is your take about Belotti and how he's improving? He's not there yet where the Azzurri need him, but he's improving uh, and, and at least taking the job away from Immobile. Mm. <sighs> Guys, uh, you're asking we, a Juve guy to speak about a Torino guy. Just I know, no, no, I know it's hard. <laughs> I will be I will be honest. I wanted Belotti at Juve huh, this season. <laughs> I would have no problem with him, not as a starter, but I would take him at Milan him. once Zebra retires. That's yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. No, no, he's great. He has great qualities. Uh, we we can't deny that. But uh, if we are honest and we are speaking about 
you know, I don't know where you are born, guys, but, uh, you know, I'm born in Belgium, uh, educated in a Sicilian way. So the first thing we love is the La Nazionale. It's Italy. That's what we love. That's the first thing we see because at the time, especially in the 80s, 90s, you didn't have the streamings like today with all the games of your club. You were seeing parts of the game. So you fell in love really with your national team, especially as a stranger in, a, in another country. And we lived with Vialli, with uh, Giannini, with Toto Schilacci, Del Piero, Totti. <sighs> Guys, those were strikers, Vieri, Inzaghi. Yep. And now we have Belotti or Immobile. Uh, La Nazionale is gaining again uh, the supporters with performances. 22nd uh, game without losing. Mancini is doing a great job. But we are missing a real, a real number nine. And even if Belotti today is doing a bit better and he scored, and I'm really happy for him, uh, but it's not Lewandowski. It's not Mbappé, and I believe we missed that. Do you think Caputo could be that guy? Because he can play in a 4-3-3, and he seems to thrive. He's a goal scorer. He's a, he knows how to find the net. Do you think he, even though he's older, you think he no. could be, at least for this tournament, you think he could be the guy? But it, it, We will have the Euro in a, in a few months now. Yeah. Euro 21. It's not that old. Eh? Now, if you want to build a future... Moiske? Caputo, probably not. But Nazionale, we don't care about the future. It's now. Yeah. Uh, and we already worked on a three, two years project. Luckily, it became a three year nearly. Uh, so if, if Caputo is the man at that moment in May or in June, he needs to play for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Keen, if Keen is informed, then Moise Keen needs to play. Whoever at that moment is informed, young or old, even if it's Qualiarella, I don't care. Now, are we talking about inform in the league or inform with the Azzurri? Because it's two different things. We've seen Immobile been informed for years now. With the Azzurri, not so much. So, uh, you know, I think if, like you, I agree to your point. They need to get the playing time and then catch on fire with the Azzurri to then let them play. If Belotti starts getting hot, let him stay with him. Stay with him, you know? Look at Luca Toni. Luca Toni yeah. in 2006, uh, he was scoring like 30 goals with Bayern Munich. Uh, he went to La Nacional. He scored two goals versus uh, versus who uh, did he score the two goals? Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, the, I don't remember the, uh, too shit. long ago. Okay, it was Zambrotta scored one, and then it was uh, two goals of Luca Toni. Uh, and that's that's it. Uh, yeah. in, in that tournament, so I believe it's also uh, someone that is in form but also who has confidence with La Nazionale. If you have a mental block, then it's difficult to be a starter for uh, for Italy. Yeah. I mean, look, it's... Look uh, Grifo. Grifo is there. He scored. Uh, I didn't even know him. He comes from a Bundesliga. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if he will be a starter, if he has the potential. But if he feels confident, if he starts and if he goes, why not? Yep. Um, I... I think that I saw, you know, in this particular game, if we don't talk about the Bosnia-Herzegovina game yet, we will talk about that. Um, I saw improvement out of Belotti in this setup, uh, in this game. I mean, he didn't score, uh, clearly, but I saw improvement, you know, and I think that I, I went into this and we, we, Richard and I previewed this last week and we said, we're looking for a few things. We're looking for, you know, can a nine step up for Italy um, over these two games? Um, and clearly... Um, 
Danny Mobley's obviously not was not with the team, but but uh, Alberigo Ivani, who I wish I could grow facial hair like him, um, let alone dressed like him. <laughs> so uh, uh, he's uh, they decided, you know, he and Mancini, obviously Mancini wasn't there because of COVID, decided, okay, this is a good, we're going to run Belotti into the ground over these two games and see what he's got. And I think that he responded. I think that, you know, is he scoring a ton of goals like Robert Lewandowski? No, but Robert Lewandowski is not scoring a ton of goals for Poland either. I mean, he was frozen out of this game. He was in the back pockets of a Cherby and Bastoni. And a lot of it is because the the Poland lineup was just not set up to give him service. I, and they didn't have click. He was suspended. Um, you know, Szymanski and, and Joswiak are not guys that I'm scared of. Linetti's a... You know, we know him from Serie A. He's a box-to-box engine room guy. He's not a trequartista like Poland had him situated. And when I looked at this Poland lineup, I said, this should be comfortable for Italy. Yeah. Um, Chesney you know, played great, too. Chesney played great. It could have been a bigger scoreline. Chesney was good. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, the other questions that I thought – the other big question that I thought from a positional standpoint with Italy coming in was the fullbacks. Um, and, and we'll talk about this a little bit with the Bosnia-Herzegovina game as well, but I think that Emerson Palmieri has made a huge case uh, for being the left back for the Azzurri uh, over these two games. A guy that can't get a game with Chelsea, um, but, you know, is going to get games with Italy, and that's fine with me. I mean, yeah. if they want to, if Chelsea want to play Chilwell and let Palmieri stay fresh for the Euros next summer, perfectly fine with that. Another guy that you know, okay, maybe for the club he doesn't get it done, but for the country, when he puts on the shirt, it's a different story. We see players do that. Um, much like, and I'll, I'll I'll bring up an old Juve reference to show you I know my history, history Giuseppe, Angelo De Livio. He Can't get in, the, couldn't get in the Juve team in the 90s, but was starting for Italy. Yeah, <laughs> It was astonishing. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, uh, Il, Il Soldatino, the, the little soldier, uh, you know, was a regular in those, in those 90s Italy teams, but was you know because of what Juve had in the '90s with with uh, with Zidane, with Del Piero, with Boxic, with you know, you know the, the the '96 team that won with Ravinelli, Viali, and Del Piero up front. You know where do you put Delivio? Uh, you know so 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 there's that, and is Palmieri's kind of in that same yeah you know path right now. You know maybe he doesn't get a game with Chelsea, but fine. Keep them fresh for Italy. That's fine with me. I'm not going to complain about it. I still think the right back situation needs to be answered. I'm not totally convinced by Florenzi, although his form's been good with his club, but that's Ligue 1. I mean, and and it's 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 easy to look good in that league when you've played in Serie A for such a long time. Hmm. I I agree with that. No, Emerson Palmieri is not a bad player. Huh? Sarri wanted it yeah. at all costs to have him at a Juve. Uh, good player. Uh, you have also Spinazzola. The problem with Spinazzola, you cannot you cannot hundred percent count on him because it's a player, and I hope not. But tomorrow he can he can be injured. Mm. Uh, that, that's the big problem with Spinazzola. He can be out, and that can happen. You know, so you need a backup. But if yeah. you have Spinazzola and Emerson, that's, that's good. great. That's yeah, absolutely really great. Um, on the right, you, you, I saw a beautiful Florenti. I'm happy. Yeah. Uh, who do we have else? Maybe Di Lorenzo, right? maybe Calabria, but it's not as certain as the left back. I think I agree with you mm -hmm. on that. Yeah, that. I think that I think that right back is still up for grab, grabs. I thought Florenzi was okay. I'm not gonna, 
I don't want to endorse him just yet, but I because I, I think that there's other options. But left back were a lot were a lot more scarce, yeah. and I think Emerson in over these two games stepped up and took it, uh, you know, and took the reins. Um, I see uh, uh, Colin uh, referencing Totticelli. Man, what a beast! What a <laughs> that man in the night. You watch that '96 final. You can't. There's you can't. You can't possibly ignore him uh, running up and down that right side uh, that 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 win against Ajax. So, um, you know, I remember that game. I remember and I remember him very vividly from that game. So, but yeah, I mean, those were the questions that I wanted to see get answered. You know, do we have a nine ready to step up? Do we have fullbacks ready to step up? Uh, we were so deep at the center back positions. You know, you know, usually you see Bonucci and Chiellini, but. You know, Acerbi and Bastoni being the next generation of center back. And, you yep. know, at some point, Romagnoli will get back in that mix when he yeah. stops, you know, Mancini as well. Mancini as well. In the box yeah. And stuff like that. And Mancini. So center back were fine. And obviously, Donnarumma in goal. I mean, you know, so. You know where I, I didn't think we we're going to see competition and we may have competition is in the midfield. So yeah. midfield, we thought we thought it was Verratti, uh, Jorginho, and Barella. And that's it. No one else is going to come close. Maybe Sensi is going to get in there. But what we've seen over the last two games and really this season, we and we've, we've, we've been talking about how Locatelli is going to have a breakthrough year with, with the Azzurri. He's over, two, over these two games. He's been brilliant. I mean, he he looks like he could be one of the top three guys in that midfield there. And it's now you give Mancini something to think about. He'd love to think about it because, hey, you know, Locatelli in form or Verratti, eh, pfft. You could you can make harder decisions or worse decisions, you know. So um, that's it's been a nice surprise that one because I did not see that coming at all. I I think what he offers over Verratti, um, I think that you know Verratti Verratti is an unbelievable passer of the ball from yeah. the midfield position. Um, did you see Locatelli's passes now? Locatelli <laughs> can do that, but he's also willing to get stuck in and do some defending and, yeah. uh, you know, and do some of the dirty work that I'm not so convinced that Verratti is going to do on a consistent basis. Locatelli is so underrated as a tackler. And, and, yeah. and you don't even look at the Azzurri game. Look at the, what he's done with Sassuolo. He is such a good tackler of the ball. And like old school Serie A tackling. I mean, it's just beautiful thing to watch, whether you like defense or not. It's just brilliant. Uh, Locatelli is the, the man of the moment. Yep. What he touch is magic. I'm not a big fan of Verratti. Uh, nice player, big qualities, but I have never been a big, big fan. And especially I'm not a big fan of his uh, uh, consistent one yellow card per game. So that, <laughs> in, a, in a short tournament, that can be really dangerous uh, yep. at a certain moment. Uh, yeah. But having Locatelli is fine. Now, uh, are they ready to face a big tournament. I don't know. I, I'm still doubtful about that, but the, the qualities are there. Look, yep. for the first time since 1998, there was no Juve player to start Yeah, in, that's crazy. in, a, in, a, in the national team. And uh, that's great to see that you have, again, a lot of young talents. And I have to say that uh, Conte was right on Bastoni uh, because last year when he was appointed as a trainer of Inter, he said, uh, we have uh, Skriniar, uh, De Vrij, and we have Bastoni. Bastoni, uh, uh, the best uh, centre-backs of the world. On Bastoni, was already speaking about him and nobody knew him. The guy is solid. He's good. Mm. He's good. So Colin has a good question. He says he heard, you know, Mancini say that Bastoni could be the new ben, uh, Bonucci or Chiellini. You know, what do you think, you know, uh, Giuseppe, you know, hearing these words by um, Mancini? I mean, we've seen a lot from Bastoni and he's he held his own. I mean, Acerbi is a solid centre-back to have Bastoni playing a game like that in two big, important games. He did pretty well. 
Yeah. Uh, for me, the words of, uh, and then I will uh, let you guys decide. But for me, the words of Mancini makes no sense at all. You cannot <laughs> be, you cannot be or Bonucci or Chiellini because two different players, two, total different <laughs> players, two different players. <laughs> or you are a man to man and you are an aggressive player, or you want one, or you maybe he meant like one. permanent starter. Who knows? <laughs> you know, choose one, but uh, uh, that he can be a player with a, a, a big future ahead that can be, but. I don't know because then your Milanista guys, uh, Romagnoli was always praised to be the next. Yeah, his trajectory lately has been like this. You know what I say is being the best for one year, everyone can do it. Right? Can you be the best consistently, season after season after season? But the potential is there. Absolutely, yes. Well, that, Frank, before you go real quick, you know, to your point about that, you know, people want to say Virgil van Dijk is the greatest defender of all time. It's like he's had two seasons or whatever with Liverpool. I mean, Koulibaly's done for a bigger period just with just talking about recently. So, like, people need to see the whole picture, not just what's the man in the moment, at, you know, right now, like you said. So, sorry, Frank. No, no, that's fine. Um, if I put Bastoni... If I'm if I'm going to pick one of these guys to compare Bastoni to, it's probably going to be Chiellini. Uh, Bonucci as a center back is an excellent passer, good technique, can play a long pass from that position, from a deep lying position. But you know, when you talked about the BBC through the years, the biggest liability defensively out of those three were was Bonucci, still is, because when you put him in these, now you put him in a. You know, you put him in a three-back center-back system with Barzali and with Chiellini. You could, you know, you had two guys that could cover for him his mistakes. Now you partner him with another center-back, and he's a lot more exposed. He loses guys on crosses um, very frequently, like scary. Uh, you know, where Chiellini's more of your dirty work guy. He's going to go in and, win, you know, win the extra tackle. He, he knows the positioning. He's willing to cover for you and all of this other stuff. It's kind of like... You know, it's 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 kind of like when when Baresi and Costa Curta played together <clears throat> back in the early '90s. Costa Curta even admit has admitted it through the years. Baresi has bailed my ass out so many times I can't even count. Um, you know, it's the same thing here. <clears throat> Chiellini has often bailed out Bonucci a lot. I don't see Bastoni as a guy that gets exposed defensively. Mm. You know, so I probably would put him on the in the Chiellini category more than I would put him in the Bonucci category for that reason. Um, I think. Technically, he needs to come along a little bit more. He's a presence in the penalty area on set pieces, on corner kicks for for scoring, because uh, he's done to free inter a couple of times already. Um, you know, so I would probably put him closer to uh, Chiellini than I would, uh, you know, Bonucci for those reasons. I see John's question about: Do you think the Locatelli can dislodge anyone among Jorginho, Verratti, and Barella? And I, I we said, yeah. Well, we think that he can dislodge Verratti on the performances that he's had here over these last two games. I think Barella is turning into one of the best midfielders in Europe uh, right before our eyes. I'm not, and I'm not exaggerating by saying that just because of what he does for Italy, because he's doing it for Inter too. Um, I think the guy's going to be, and we've been saying it for I, Richard, you and I've been saying it for weeks. The guy's going to be a beast this year. Um, you know, so um but yeah, and I agree. Ahmad, I agree. Uh, young, so much to prove. Early to compare him with those guys. I'm just saying, if I'm going to put Bastoni in one camp or the other, I'm going to compare him more to Chiellini than I'm going to compare to uh, Bonucci. Giuseppe, you know both of those guys very well. What do you think? I agree. I agree with you. Look, uh, Bonucci. You know, he would probably not have the same uh, career 
without Chiellini and Barzagli because they were playing with three, but uh, they were complementary. And that was great because Bonucci is a great defender. Now, you see also last year, for me, he played a really great two-thirds of Serie A last year with uh, De Ligt because De Ligt is a player that is taking the leadership there. He's the one that press, he goes high and he covers the mistakes of Bonucci when he needs to. He started really to be exposed when De Ligt had problems with his shoulder and it was not aggressive anymore uh, because he was playing a bit more prudent and then when he was out and you saw the partnership Rugani uh, Bonucci that was a disaster because Bonucci is not the leader of the defense for me Bonucci is the second man of the defense yeah and that's why I see a bastoni like you said I will not repeat but I agree with you more a Chiellini than a than a Bonucci yeah uh, well, you know the one the one position we really haven't talked about, and uh, it's it's the striker the strikers or the attacking three, and I think you know really if you looked at the the game against Bosnia Bosnia Herzegovina, um, that was a, a game where we saw three players. You know they came out with Insigne, Belotti, and Berardi, and we haven't seen Insigne in a while. Uh, Insigne, I mean, hands down, man of the match for me. I thought he played brilliantly. But Lotti really started coming to his own in that game. He got a goal in the game, obviously. And uh, Domenico Berardi, a guy who was on Juve's radar for many years, uh, had all this hype as a young player, and then kind of just disappeared because there's too much pressure. Now he's starting to find that with with a great talent at Sassuolo. He had himself a pretty good game, a, a fantastic goal, a fantastic assist by Locatelli, uh, another Sassuolo player there. So, I mean, we're starting to see some of these younger players. And then Insigne, and while, you know, I want to I wanna, I wanna quote one of Gi- uh, Giuseppe's videos from today where, he, you know, Tuto Napoli was saying that he played like Messi and Maradona. I was like, ah, no, he had a great game, but he wasn't that great. All right. Um, Insigne had a really fantastic game, I thought, though. Um, and he was really pulling the strings. And I mean, this this the attacking three is not well, it's not solidified just yet. We're seeing some good stuff. And Balotti, like to Frank's point earlier, in his two games, he's got a, a chance to prove it, and he's he's showing some stuff. He's showing more than we've seen from Immobile. Uh, so maybe, you know, maybe he's the guy to go going forward. But you know, overall, you like what you got to see from the attackers from, from the Azzurri. How about you? What about you, Giuseppe? No, but look, uh, Insigne, his, uh, his idol was Del Piero. Mm. So for me, Insigne is a Juventino in his heart, but he can't say because he's playing at uh, Napoli. Uh, well, I remember Napoli, that he's a Napoli fan. He's never going to say he's. <laughs> he can't. He can't. But as a Napoli fan, you cannot have Del Piero as your idol and not being for Juve. But that that being said, guys, uh, he did amazingly well. At a certain moment, there is a long ball, and he take it in a first touch. He take the ball with him. It was something really amazing. Uh, no, Insigne has a lot of qualities. He's great. Now, you cannot compare it because it's Tutonapoli. It's part of the culture. It makes sense. But you cannot compare it to Maradona and Messi. <laughs> that, that's something really exaggerated. Yeah. But uh, no, Insigne deserved to start for, uh, for, um, for Italy. Great player, great talent, uh, unpredictable. Uh, he can play with left and right, so he deserves what I saw of Berardi yesterday was really great as well. Um, you know, it's not a mystery that uh, Locatelli at a certain moment found uh, Berardi. They know each other, they play in the yeah. same club. Um, so we, we are good and we have a lot of players there. Even Bernardeschi can uh, can play yeah. with uh, yeah. uh, with them. because He uh, hit the post in this game, in, in that game, right? So, yeah. I mean, he yeah. played pretty well. Mm-hmm. 
he didn't play really long but uh no we we have a lot of options just the number nine that i'm still not 100 percent sure that yeah. that can that can cause us a problem because if you are playing versus bosnia it's one thing if you are playing versus spain even germany that lost six zero crazy game but if you are playing versus france and so on you don't have that many chances you cannot miss you have yeah. to be a killer um so let's see yeah I would I would drop this mic, but it's an expensive mic um, because I have been screaming for months uh, uh, for Berardi for Berardi to start yeah. and to play in this Italy team on the right side of that front three because they tried Chiesa Chiesa just does not fit in this setup. He, you know, and, and I think it's been proven a handful of times. Bernadeschi is motivated when he puts on the Italy shirt, and we've talked about that. But I just feel like functionally that mm. Berardi would be the best fit for this setup in yeah. this 4-3-3 that Mancini is rolling out. And I am so happy that he came on as a substitute against Poland and scored and that he played a very prominent role in this game against Bosnia-Herzegovina and scored a wonderful goal. Um, you know, it's like I, you know, I'm, I'm going to do a victory lap for this one because I've been screaming. I've been on this podcast screaming about it for weeks. Yeah. Can we give Berardi a shot in that, in that position and in that role? Um, you know, now to your point, it's Poland, it's Bosnia-Herzegovina, but you know, you draw these teams in, at the Euros or at the World Cup, you still got to beat them, you know? Absolutely. So um, Bef Before Giuseppe jumps in, when the hell did you switch your shirt to uh, the Azzurri kit? I mean, it's a beautiful kit, but this guy says, I'm not wearing anything neutral. All of a sudden, boom, he's got the Azzurri shirt. He I got mean, up. I know, he got I know up. I'm drinking. He's... I know I'm drinking, but damn, I missed it. <laughs> I feel left out. I feel like I, I, I should have my uh, my Italy shirt on. At a certain moment, you know, but when we stopped talking about you and we started with Italy, okay, now, now I have to be part of the family. Well, that's I right. My, my, my body shape and with how this shirt would, because this is the old Euro 2000 so shirt. Tight. 2000. So with, yeah, with my, my body shape and with how this shirt would fit on me all of our chat would leave yeah so we'll just if you're leave not, it if you're not totti, don't wear it right <laughs> yeah yeah all right sorry i didn't oh, interrupt man. with that but i was like what What the hell you just switched shirt and i just noticed it now I, i'm drinking nah, too much speak about italy i have to represent <laughs> so size size up let's let's put a post let, let, let's put it let's let's put not let's let's put under the italy talk size up i mean si semi-finals now belgium spain france is it is it determined who Italy play? Uh, in the third of December, I believe. You do a draw, okay. Um, I would imagine. I mean, three great opponents. I mean, and this is a great opportunity, a great situation to see where. I'm just looking forward because this is a great measuring stick for Mancini's project with the 22 uh, match unbeaten run. All three of these teams are going to provide problems. I still think. I would want to get Spain first out of the three. Um, I, I'm still. I mean, yeah, they they beat a Germany team six nil, but it was a Germany team that was shockingly unorganized uh, by their standards. I mean, I actually when I looked at that game and I saw Germany's lineup and I said, I actually like Germany in that game because I like their I like their front three and I liked how they could counter with Sané and Gnabry and. They just never got the opportunity to do it because Spain put so much pressure on them, and the defenders for Germany were just all over the place. It was, yeah. it was, it was just not Germany-like. And because I and I watched Spain before when they were all over Switzerland and they couldn't score yeah. in the run of play, you know, until late, uh, you know, in the run of play. And my gosh, Sergio Ramos missed two penalties in that game. 
mean, Jan Sommer, Richard, you see him in, in, in Bundesliga. He's not that good. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's all right. Yeah, yeah he's all right. <laughs> you know, um, so I, I prefer Spain. They're not the, they're not the Spain of 10 years ago, you know, and, and they're flawed. And I think that that's probably the team that I would be most interested in seeing. Uh, the team I probably would be least interested in seeing in the semifinals is France just because of how deep they are. I mean, they could throw any 11 at us yeah. and feel good about it. Belgium have so much talent, but there there's a point where their depth cuts off, you know? So I, if I, I I'm ranking in priority for semifinals, if we get Spain, we should be happy. If we get Belgium, okay, beatable, but it's going to be a struggle. If we get France, there's way too much quality. It's going to be a problem. I mean, uh, Giuseppe, where do you weigh in on the three possible uh, p- opponents we could play in the semis? It, you know, you know, the factor that I take is that it crazy enough. We will first play Euro 2021, and then mm-hmm. we will play the the, the semifinal, the final four. It's so confusing. It, yeah. It's really confusing. So, I believe that if Italy is able to have a really beautiful uh, performance in the Euro. That will help them to have a lot of confidence and look in the eyes of teams like Belgium, France, Spain with less fear or to to give them too much respect. You know what I mean? If we finish in the semifinals of the Euro, I believe that's a big boost of confidence to play uh, a few months later, actually, to those teams. So that will be a big factor. But then in the ranking at today, because it's really far away, it's in October that we will play those games. Um, At today, I believe the ranking is totally correct. And to answer the question of uh, Harjot, who is asking, who will you support? I'm I'm 100% uh, uh, Italy fan, uh, especially because I live in Belgium. all my life, people said uh, Italian, Italian, Italian. So I'm anti-Belgium team. So I, two thousand percent Italy. Nice, All right. nice, nice, nice. Richard, Very what good. do you think? Who would you prefer yeah. to see in the semis? Uh, I, I'm in agreement with, with, with both of you guys. I think it's uh, you know France are the champions. They're deep. You know, uh, Ahmed said there's there's 22 starters for France, and there's pro- arguably more, honestly. You know how much talent you know, that that country has. So that's the last team I want to play because they're they they have the they have the confidence already for winning the World Cup, and you know there's no reason not to to, to believe in them. So uh, there's still other teams. You know, other teams are are not quite where they want to be. You know, Spain's not the Spain of old. Belgium has not reached their potential yet. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I agree with you guys 100%. You know, France is definitely the last team I want to play. But, I mean, hey, if you get them, you got to step up and, and take a challenge. And to prove yourself, you want to get to where you want to be, the pinnacle, you have to beat the best. So sometimes, hey, you maybe have to face France and, and, and show them that you're worth, you know, everything that we hope they are. Yep. Uh, John Camaro is asking, do you believe Italy can win these this Euro Nations League? Why not? I mean, I, I don't. I'm going to pull for them. I'm going to cheer for them. Uh, I think that France is probably the favorite out of all of these, even though they haven't. It's almost like they've they've kind of sleepwalked through this thing. But now that there's a trophy to play for and with all of the quality that they've got, I mean, when you look at when you look at the rosters top to bottom, they're the most talented uh, and you have to you have to like their chances over the other three teams. Uh, But 
I think that the way that they're all playing and kind of the way they've all approached this competition, Italy has just as good an opportunity as any of these other teams. Mm. Yep. So, and it's two games, huh? so everything yep. can happen. Huh? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So that's the stuff on Italy. Uh, thoughts on the Azzurri? Go to at Syria. Sit down on Twitter uh, or Instagram with your thoughts. And now, for the moment you've all been waiting for, it's time for who won Calcio Twitter. Yeah, we got a guest to help us with the with the choices here. And look, we got a Juventino uh, to start it off, uh, and I'll start this one off. Uh, so um, our friend over uh, from the Calcio guys, Giovanni, uh, he says uh, this uh, tweet from uh, the Nazionale says a uh, goal Bernardeschi, and then you go to read the comments, and it says uh, "Domani finisce la pandemia." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> tomorrow, tomorrow the pandemic is over. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you, yeah, I mean, Bernardeschi scoring. I mean, anything can happen at this point. So, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty funny there. So, um, who would we nominate? Would we nominate Giovanni, or would we nominate? No, uh, it'd be, no it, would, it would be the the actual comment guy, Sangue Amaranto, Amaranto. Okay. So he he would be the guy that's that's that, that's on the board here because yep. that's what I was trying to distinguish there. Okay, yeah. uh, let's see. Uh, all right, um, President. All right, this huh? one's from Presidente, uh, and I'm just looking at this now. Um, okay, uh, the registrations to the first online phase of FIFA 21 and Serie A are now open. Previous skills, the official jersey of the club is waiting for you. And uh, Marcelo saying, send tweet in English. However, all the details are written in Italian. Read the fine print. Tutti i partecipanti al draft devono essere di residenza italiana. <laughs> Only residents of Italy. Yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> President Day uh, calling out the, uh, the technical uh, flaws in things. As, as you know, as... You would expect him to do. So, <laughs> yeah, another um, one from the Calcio guys, huh? Yeah, another one from the Calcio guys. Uh, so their 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 tweet is from it says nobody, literally nothing. No, no, Roma, forever twenty one. <laughs> I saw I saw that one. It was really funny, <laughs> really funny. Uh, uh, let's see. Nino's oh. back in the action. Yeah, Nino at ASR Kurvasud nineteen twenty seven uh, as a. Official AS Roma fan, I am jealous of Claudio Lotito's recent purchase, hoping the Friedkin group can <laughs> compete here. Uh, it is a Lazio rocket. Funny there's a U.S. flag on it. Yeah, 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 right? Uh, Lu Luis Alberto would not be happy again. No, he would not. Well, speaking of Luis Alberto. Here he is. There he is, the next one from Nino as well. He goes, do you believe Cla uh, Claudio Lotito would be happy? Because. I'll pay you next month. He's like, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting on a plane. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, Let's see. So this one, a... this one was not, the one that was nominated was, you know, it was okay. It was, it was the White House with the 38, you know, for the Juventus thing. And that was funny. But uh, I thought the comment that came from before was even funnier. And now it's been blocked out by Tony Malais. He says, uh, UVA is 38 Scudetti. And then there's the Twitter, you know, that they've been using for the election, which is a, uh, the official results have not been uh, cannot be confirmed or something like that. It was, what is it, Frank? What's that line? Oh my goodness! You know, you know, what I'm talking about on Twitter. Uh, I got blocked out. I can't think of it now. But it says like you know, uh, the the oh no the um the results of this cannot be verified. That's what it says. Yes, yes, that's what it is. <laughs> so yeah, it says you have 30 Scudetti, and it goes the results cannot be verified. It has a Twitter 
Twitter exclamation or whatever. So that was pretty funny. Hey, it must have taken it down, obviously. <laughs> uh, our friend uh, Joseph uh, Fischetti uh, at Joe underscore Fischetti5. Uh, a uh, picture of uh, Claudio Lotito on two cell phones. Uh, one cell phone saying Immobile is positive. The other cell phone saying Immobile is negative. <laughs> uh, Frank, you were nominated. Uh, <laughs> it says uh, you tweeted out it says something like facts. I seriously don't give a fuck about your journey, story, or discovery. Tell me how to make a dish. That's not culture related, but I guess uh, it, it was pretty funny. Was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Art Morelli nominated me for that. I just I have the biggest aggravations when I'm trying to look for recipes to make dinners for my family and stuff like that. If you go online, um, you have like you get people writing blogs and they got all this other stuff and, and, and what they do, I, hell, I'll just try to, cause I've got one that's, um, bear with me. Well, while you find that, I'm gonna read the next one. Cause, uh, you know, <laughs> Giuseppe, you're gonna have to cover yours on this one, but this is from Roma club DC. Uh, and it's about some guy on TikTok posting a video and, and he's looking through the map of Italy and you're like, what the hell is he doing? Uh, right. let me see if I blow this up. I think I saw that one. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. And then if you fast forward to the end, it's right there. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, turn yeah. Turn away, turn away. <laughs> I, I, I saw that one. It's funny. Yeah, I, was, I didn't know what to expect. I was like, what am I watching here? And then I saw that. I'm like, okay, I get it. I get it. <laughs> okay. Basically, I have, all right, here, I, I, I and I saved this. It's a, it's a recipe for banana oatmeal pancakes. You know, my wife is trying to be gluten-free, and we try to make a nice breakfast in the morning, so we make, make these banana oatmeal pancakes because they're totally gluten-free. But anyway... It's it's at least two minutes of scrolling down before you finally get to the ingredients and how to make the damn thing, and and I'll just read to you some things of like what he's saying, like and and he goes, all right, I, I love to grocery shop. Anyone else out there thoroughly enjoy perusing the aisles of the grocery store? No, I I fucking hate it. All right, and now I've got to read this uh, <laughs> when I'm trying to figure out how to make some pancakes for my family. And he goes, when we were looking for a house to buy after moving from Texas back to Arizona, a huge prerequisite for me was to have a Fry's grocery store close by. This is too specific and I don't care. All right. That may sound crazy, but as much as I cook, I didn't want my favorite grocery store very far away. So this guy has base, basically picked where he's going to live out his days based on where his favorite grocery store is. That's the first problem. And I, but still, I'm stupid. <laughs> You're sitting here trying to cook up. a five minute meal, and it takes you four hours because you got to read through <laughs> freaking comments about how his life is and journey is. Right. And I'm still stupid enough to scroll down and try to figure out how to make the damn things anyway because my kids are hungry. All right. I didn't want any, my favorite girl. We luckily found a house right down the street from a Fry's marketplace. So I am one happy girl. I'm sorry. It's a girl. If you ever need me, I am probably there. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to go and find this Fry's and have a conversation with this woman and say next time. Uh, and a, a few years ago, then she's got to go into talking about how Fry's remodeled their store and put in a natural section. And it's like you get to the point and you're like, for fuck's sake, just tell me the damn recipe. And then you realize there's no recipe. Then I bought it online. I got a delivery. Yeah. I'm just, I'm scrolling through this, waiting for the line that says, you've been punked. There really is no recipe. (laughs) I just wanted to waste your time. Uh, Yeah. That's what you put up with. uh, Sorry. Who won Calcio Twitter? I'll tell you who mine is right away. Uh, and that's going to be Bernadeschi. Well, well, he scored a goal, but it was from Sangue uh, Amaranto. He says, Domani finisce la pandemia. So tomorrow finishes the pandemic. Bernadeschi scores. So that's my winner. 
I, I'm 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 with you there. I think that was the funniest. I, I think that was the funniest one uh, for sure. The so, Luis Alberto uh, one was pretty funny, but I like that one. What about you, yeah. Giuseppe? I I love the second one uh, the most, but I don't remember uh, which one it was. The the second one you showed. Oh, I totally forgot. Presidente, Presidente. Was it the Forever uh, Twenty One? Don't don't Forever Twenty One. Yeah, it was the third one, the Forever Twenty One. Oh, Forever Twenty One. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, this one I really loved. Okay, uh, so we have two winners. We have uh, the guy, the Calcio guys. Congratulations, you've won Calcio Twitter, uh, according to our guest Giuseppe, and uh, Sangue Amaranto. Congratulations uh, on uh, your comment uh, to Bernadeschi scoring. Um, we're gonna have to dig that up to retweet it, Richard. I'm gonna have you do that. Oh, that works. That works. That works. I'm going to be too busy. I'm going to be too busy reading uh, people's stories before I can get to recipe. <laughs> so, Touché. um, all right. Uh, so yeah, Sangue Amaranto is a winner of Calcio Twitter. And then also, uh, the Calcio guys is that that's their first win, I think. Yeah. As a team. So, yes. As a team. Yes. Usually individually they've won, but yeah. Good for them. So, so anyway, all right. So that was who won Calcio Twitter. Start setting up the nominees for uh, for next week's episode of Serie A Sit Down because it's going to be right around the corner. Uh, at Serie A Sit Down, hashtag who won Calcio Twitter. And with that, we'll put a bow on this edition of Serie A Sit Down. And as we do with a guest on Serie A Sit Down, Giuseppe, the floor is yours. Anything you want to shamelessly plug to our listeners, go ahead. Uh, not not a lot. I, I just want to say that uh, I had uh, one hour 45 of real fun. Uh, really nice because most of the time on my own channel, uh, I'm the one that leads. So I know how difficult it is. It is not easy to lead, to read the comments, to interact with people, uh, to, to, to try to, to, yeah, to follow some questions. It's not easy. You know, also to give the same time to speak to everyone. So I really wanted to praise the work you are that you are doing. I'm a big fan. Um, I will uh, hopefully I'm able to travel again so that I can listen to all your podcasts because unfortunately you are not that beautiful. So I will. I prefer to listen to you. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Jokes aside, I re I really love it. And for me, as a Juve fan, it's important to be updated with um, all the other teams as well because i don't have the time you know with the work with family with the channel it's impossible to uh to keep and see all the games so i'm super happy to 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 have channels like yours on youtube or a podcast where <coughs> i'm sorry where you can have all the information that you need uh, so that you know what you have you are speaking of so thank you for the work you are doing and uh, again amazing time no, so and for the people on in the chat that are new, uh, please subscribe to to this channel, guys, because uh, they are doing fantastic work. Means a lot to Thank means you. a lot to us, Giuseppe. Thank you for your kind words, Richard. Yeah, well, I saw he was getting choked up in his own words about us. So I, I think, <laughs> thank you about that. Yeah, I know you can always obviously follow me anywhere at r underscore k h a r m a n. Uh, but yeah, you know, check out our YouTube page. We're gonna try to put in some videos about player profiles, team profiles, and some other you know fun stuff out there for uh, not just about the podcast. So 
uh yeah definitely check that out and uh yeah thank you for all the new listeners you know please definitely subscribe uh we enjoy chatting with you on uh live here it's always fun yeah. to get the live chats and especially with new people and interaction going back and forth so thank you for that yeah we had a lot of new people a lot of new names in the chat that i didn't recognize thank you so much for joining us and uh please subscribe to our channel please drop a like on the video if you enjoyed what you saw um i am at ftc underscore 21 as you can see here on my screen um thank you amen uh look forward to having you on uh in the chat for future podcasts um at City I Sit Down on Twitter, Instagram. That's where you can find us on social media. We're also on Facebook. City I Sit Down, we have our own channel on Apple Podcasts. We have our own channel on SoundCloud. You can find us on Stitcher, uh, iHeartRadio, Spotify, just about anywhere. Uh, there's City I Sit Down. Um, you can, or any, anywhere there's podcasts, you can find City I Sit Down. Um, another plug I will be back on Onside Radio tomorrow at 2 p.m. Eastern with Alex Dono to talk City A uh, and uh, help preview the weekend ahead, including that big one between Napoli and Milan. Uh, so do check that out. Also, Richard and I will be doing a hostile takeover of the Calcio Connection tomorrow uh, right. with Jerry Mancini. Are we going to be, is that going to be on YouTube as well? Sure, why not? Why not? We're, right. we're taking over everything, you know. Whatever, yeah. why not? <laughs> yeah, we're we're gonna do with uh, with with Alex having to do some work with Inter Miami, uh, with MLS. Uh, we are stepping in and working with Jerry uh, to do that podcast tomorrow evening. So um, uh, we'll get if you follow us at City I Sit Down on Twitter, uh, we will uh, drop the information on that and hope you can join us. And all of the, uh, all of our, all of our listeners on here who you know who are new to Giuseppe, go follow him. I mean, it's great content. Yeah. Juventino fan or not, it, it doesn't matter. He puts out great content, so please give him a follow. Just Juve. Yep, at G Just Juve uh, on Twitter. Yeah, please give him a follow. Uh, excellent stuff. And uh, so I think that covers it all. Thank you all for joining us. Richard and I will be back uh, next week to recap everything that happened here at the weekend, get you ready for the Champions League and Europa League games. So, uh, Giuseppe, let's do this again sometime soon. Absolutely, yes, with a big pleasure. Oh, Grazie yes. mille. Grazie mille. Uh, and for Richard and Frank, and as always, make sure you tell your paisans about us. Ciao.